We all love Christmas, the songs, the scenes, the traditions. But the story can become too familiar. What if this year we took a look with fresh eyes and Christmas became less sentimental and more sensational? Join us today as we look at Christmas Restoried. Okay, so we have a story uh, right here on this chair that I am so eager to read to you. I want to say that I love this story for two reasons. One, one this story uh, has come to be a favorite for me because it's a simple story. It's a simple story. In fact, it's a story that's written for preschool children, so younger than most of us here. I've been reading it to my three-year-old grandson, who admittedly is pretty smart from my perspective, but, uh, but he gets it. He gets it. And so it's my prayer that we would get it too. All right? So it's a simple story, but it's also, I want to suggest to you, it's also a pointed story. And what I mean by that is that the point of the story right here is the point of Christmas. And you know, we celebrate Christmas in all kinds of ways, don't we? We put up trees, we put up lights, we hang garlands and wreaths, we sing carols, we eat good food, we give presents to each other. We have so many ways to celebrate that sometimes I fear we get so caught up in celebration that we forget actually the point of the celebration. And this book has helped me to remember the point of the celebration in a very simple way. It brings us back to that point. So I'm really eager to read it, but wait, I got one more question for you. Let me ask you this. Can you think of a time when something happened to you or perhaps you heard some news that was so surprising and so shocking that it took your breath away because it impacted your life so much? Well, I can think of several times, but let me tell the story of one of those for me. I was 26 years old, a long time ago. My wife was 25 years old. We'd been married two or three years by that time, but we were Bible college students. So young married couple off to Bible college, we were hoping and planning to have children just not yet. Uh, apparently, our oldest daughter didn't get that memo. Because even while we were students at Bible college, uh, we discovered something had happened and we were going to have a family. And Here's the, here's the point that I want to make, and this is what I remember so vividly. All right, This is like quite a few years ago, not many years ago, because my oldest daughter's here. I don't want to make her seem too old. But uh, it was a number of years ago, before the days of cellular telephones, before the days of instant pregnancy tests. So there we were. We'd sent off our, what we needed to send to the laboratory, and several days or a week later or whatever, I was to call the laboratory. So there I went into the the payphone booth at the Bible college. Do you remember those things? You actually put money in and you go like this. And I called the laboratory and the lady on the other line said to me, Mr. Horton, congratulations. 
your wife is pregnant. I had to find somewhere to sit down because that news changed the course of our lives so significantly. For the good, right? For the good. This storybook right here tells a story that changed the course, not just of one or two people's lives. This story tells how something happened that changed the course of human history. It changed everything. So much so, what do we call this year? 2023, right? So when did this event occur, approximately? 2,023 years ago, right? Our calendars are based on the history-changing nature of this event that happened. And so I want you to listen as I read this story to you, and I want to listen, I want you to listen especially to the way in which the tension is building because there's a repeated theme in the story that says, it's time, it's time. And it's pointing to the time when Jesus is born, right? So are you ready? Okay. Let me pull up my rocking chair that doesn't rock. And we will read. Okay, are you ready, kids? Are you ready, big kids? Here we go. The world didn't tell you the author. Her name is Sally Lloyd-Jones, and she's a great children's writer. Perhaps you've seen the Bible storybook that she's written. Uh, she writes amazing stories for kids, all right? It's called The Song of the Stars, and it's a Christmas story. The world was about to change forever. And it almost went by unnoticed. But the leaves that night rustled with a rumor, and news rang out across the open fields. A song drifted over the hills. The wind whispered it softly in the sycamore trees that waved their moonlit branches to the sky. A barn owl took flight, woodland creatures stirred. It's time! It's time! In the pine woods, two deer raised their heads. A big brown bear sniffed the air. A red fox darted. The faces of little flowers lifted to the skies. It's time. It's time. The skies shouted it to the seas that thundered it to the waves that roared it to the great white whales that sang it to the starfish in the deep. And tiny sandpipers danced it on the shining sands. It's time, it's time. The river, the running rivers bounded over boulders and the otters clapped and played and sang to the ducklings that splashed and quacked to the salmon that leaped and leaped. And tiny field mice and insects and little creeping things and sparrows and robins and every single blade of grass squeaked and hummed and chirped and sang, guess what they said? It's time. 
time. Wild stallions drummed it to the ground. Get ready, get ready, be glad, be glad. And on a lonely peak, a lion raised his strong head and roared it out to the empty wilderness. The mighty king, the prince of peace. And all the stars joined together in a chorus that rang out through the heavens, the bright and morning star. And on a hillside overlooking a little town, sheep nuzzled their new little lambs, the good shepherd. And suddenly angels lit up the whole sky and a great choir sang it out loud. It's time. He's come at last. He's here. And in the little town, in a little shed, in a little window, a candle flickered in the dark. And a tiny cry rang out in the cold night air. And high above, a single star set in the highest heavens shone out brighter than all the others and poured down silver onto the little shed. A light to light up the world, the whole world. The animals stood around his bed and the whole earth and all the stars and sky held its breath. The one who made us has come to live with us. And a young mother with no place to rest, nowhere to stay, kept it as a song inside her heart. Our rescuer. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, lying on a bed of straw wrapped in rags, a tiny little baby, heaven's son, sleeping under the stars that he made. The end. Here's the astounding point of Christmas. Did you catch it? The one who made us has come to live with us. This is the point. Christmas. Let's turn to a Bible verse that expresses the same thing in some different words. All right? This is a verse I would like us to look at for a few moments together. This is from Galatians chapter Four, it says this, but when the set time had fully come, God sent forth his son. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we could receive something. What could we receive? Adoption. So that we could become children of God. Let's just look at each one of these phrases. When the set time had fully come. Some translations say when the fullness of time had come. Listen, my friends. The birth of Jesus comes at about this point in the story of the Bible, but it, everything ahead of it points to this time. This is called the time, the set time that had fully come. God had been planning this all the way from the beginning of the story. And when, when, when this happens, it is the set time. Did you hear all of creation in the story getting excited, they were realizing that it's time, it's time. This is the time. 
But what is it the time for? What does the next phrase tell us? At just the right time, God sent his son. Now let's think about that. Who is this son that God sent? Well, we look at the whole story of the Bible and we realize that this is God the Son, right? This is God the Father sending God the Son into the world. Who is this God the Son? This is God the Son who created everything that exists, right? The gospel writer John says, through him all things were made. Nothing has been made that wasn't made by this person, God the Son. He is the all-powerful one, the one who exists forever. At that time, God the Father sent God the Son. So then we ask the question, well, how did God the Father send this powerful one who created everything? How did he send him into the world? Did he send him with power and majesty, riding on a white stallion with all kinds of angels accompanying him? No, he didn't, did he? What What does the next phrase tell us? Born of a woman. Born under the law. My friends, we can't, we can't overstate the significance of this moment in time when God, the creator of everything, broke into human history. And yet, how did he do it? Born of a woman. Born under the law. Instead of a great show of power, he came with astounding humility in weakness. But why, right? And this is what we need to catch because this is also the point of the story of Christmas. Why did God the Father send God God the Son into the world to be born of a woman? What does it say? To do what? To redeem. What does redeem mean? Kind of a big word. Redeem means to buy back. Redeem means, could also call it rescue. Because we humans, we people in this world needed rescue. Because left to our own devices, we don't do a very good job of life. Our world is full of so much evil and, and war and violence and hurt and murder. We don't look after human life very well on earth. We needed rescue. God the Father sent God the Son to redeem us, to buy us back out of this mess that we've made. In order to do what? In order so that we would be what? Right? So that we could become children of God, so we could receive this adoption. My dear friends, can we, can we remember this Christmas that the real point of the story. The real point of the celebration is that God loved us so much that at great expense to himself, at incredible cost, God the Father sent God the Son to be born of a woman so that we could be restored back and become children of God. John tells us in another place, God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only Son John also tells us to everyone, all who did receive him and who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, to be restored in relationship to the God who made us. And it all happens because God the Father 
sent God the Son into the world, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we could receive this incredible gift. My friends, the story of Christmas really is the best story in the history of the world. Because it's a story of God's passionate love for you and for me. And it's the story of this massive sacrifice as God the Father becomes a tiny baby, but he doesn't stay as a tiny baby. And the story of Christmas continues as Jesus grows up and he preaches and he teaches and he does miracles and then he dies. He dies in our place, taking on himself what we deserve. And then after three days, in the, in, in the tomb, he rises from the dead, breaking the power of sin and death. And why did he do all of that? To give you and me the gift of eternal life, the gift of restored relationship with the God who loves us. How should we respond to the greatest story in the history of the world? I want to suggest two ways. We should worship and we should obey. Well, how do we worship God for this great gift? There's a line in this little book that says this, and they gazed in wonder at God's great gift. You know, there's so many ways we can worship, but one of the ways we worship is to gaze with wonder. What does it mean to gaze with wonder? It means to take time to ponder the beauty and the magnitude of the point of the, of the Christmas story. Well, if we understand the point of the story of Christmas, we realize that the story of Christmas really is the best news story in the history of the world. It's the story of God the Son breaking into human history at just the right time to be our rescuer, our redeemer, so that we can become children of God. If we really, really understand that this Christmas, how can we not love him back? We need him to come back, and he is coming. Hallelujah. As we wait for him, we respond with love, right? God loved us and invites us to love him back. One time Jesus was talking to his friends. He said, if you love me, you'll do the things that I say. You might ask, well, what is it exactly that Jesus asked us to do? Well, there's many things, but there's one particular thing, one particular request that Jesus had for his friends. And this is a very poignant moment, a very striking moment in the life of Jesus. This is Jesus now after his resurrection, right? So he's an adult, he's died on the cross, he's been in the tomb, and now he's risen from the dead and he's having this, these 40 days with his friends before he returns to his father. And one day, just not long before he left to return to his father, Matthew records these words. Jesus turned to his friends and he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and do what? Go and hide yourself in your home and don't say anything to anyone about what happened. Is that what he said? Go and tell everyone go and make disciples of all of the nations of the world. That's what Jesus said we should do. Go and be my witnesses. Go tell this story that's the greatest story in the world. Well, can we, this Christmas season, capture the point and respond with worship and respond with obedience 
by sharing this story with others. We're going to close with a great carol that captures this, the heart of this idea. It's go tell it on the mountain. And we might say, go tell it in our neighborhoods. Go tell it to our families. Go tell it down the street. Go tell it everywhere is the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of this song. We want to take a moment to thank you for listening. And we invite you to join us on Sunday mornings in person or online. For more information about who we are and what's happening at the church, visit us online at centralbaptistchurch.ca. Thanks for listening to the Central Baptist Church Victoria podcast.